0: welcome back to another episode of next gen athletics a podcast all about college sports in today's show we're going to talk about the games from this past weekend go over the updated top 25 and my big winners and losers of the weekend then we've got a really great interview for y'all with thomas woods of clemson sports news now ladies and gents let's kick the tires and light the fires Guys, welcome back to yet another episode. The show is continuing to just blow up uh, this past week. We reached 100 streams overall, uh, so just truly blessed, guys, to continue to be doing this. You guys are showing the love, the support, uh, and I ask that you guys keep doing so. Keep telling your friends, keep telling them to tell their friends. Uh, we're ha- I'm having a blast doing this. I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the weekend. Uh, it was gorgeous weather here in the southeast again we're really getting really getting lucky uh this time of year is normally gorgeous out here uh I had a blast uh watching a little college football got to go to the got to go to the south carolina game on saturday uh enjoyed watching that had some fun with some friends um but I hope you guys enjoyed it as well uh let's dive right into the games um It was another big weekend uh, lots of lots of good games on. And um, and I'll say this about the games from this past weekend. I've seen a couple people um, on Twitter, and I and I heard a little bit from a couple analysts on ESPN and Fox and whatnot uh, talk about how this weekend um, didn't live up to the hype, so to speak. And I don't necessarily think it was a, such a thing as as a hype problem. I think it was more of a thing where you know we're in that kind of time in October where there's a lot of people off with bye weeks. Uh, There's a lot of people, you know, playing, playing, you know, these big time conference games and sometimes those conference games can be overhyped, so to speak. Um, You know, so I think sometimes we have these unrealistic expectations, uh, especially after a week like last week where we had so many great games on. Um, But, you know, I I think it was a good week of college football. Any week there's college football on is a good week to me. Can I get an amen? Um, But... Uh, yeah, so let's dive right in, guys. Um, we're going to start with the Clemson game. Um, and like I said in in the intro, we've got a great interview with a good friend of mine who goes up to Clemson. He works for Clemson Sports News. Uh, we we really break this game down in, in pretty good detail, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about this. Uh, but Clemson gets the W 27-21 to over Syracuse in a scare. Um, and in a game where... Uh, there was a little bit of quarterback controversy, you know. DJ Uyunglele, uh, re- really struggled. He threw two interceptions and two bad interceptions at that, um, and put the ball on the ground as well. That was ended up being taken back for a touchdown for Syracuse. Um, you know, we talk about it in the interview, but you know, I don't think this is something where DJ is necessarily lost his job you know Davos come out and said hey look like DJ's still our guy we're still rolling with him so I think it's less of a he's lost his job thing and more of a he's on thinner ice you know I think if he if he continues to struggle um, it's going to be something where Cade Clubnick comes in because the freshman came in and he looked good he he got the job done he he led the Tigers on the fourth quarter and ultimately helped them get the W over Q's so um it'll be very very interesting to look at and and watch and pay attention to going forward um but for right now, from what we're hearing, what Dabo said uh what Thomas says a little later on uh is that d j really hasn't lost his job yet, um but he's close you know Clemson's coming up on a bye week uh before a big end of the year um so you know, I think it's going to be big for for the tigers and especially d j to take a break. Kind of get a moment to himself. Kind of breathe and and understand that, look, people have bad games. I mean, look at Tom Brady this past weekend. The Buccaneers lost to the Panthers. Sorry, any Panthers fans out there, but the Panthers are terrible. Okay, So, you know, sometimes it happens to the the very best. So, I think it's going to be important that uh, DJ and the Tigers get a little bit of time to to relax. You know, they've had two scares these past two weeks uh, with a close one at Florida State as well. So, I think it's going to be pivotal that they kind of take some time to themselves, make sure that the team uh, rallies together uh, because we've seen in past, you know, people have really, really good starts to the year and then kind of dive off and and it kills their playoff chances. So, you know, Clemson still is in a position to where if they continue to take care of business like they have, they're going to be in the playoffs. And so it's going to be important that Dabo and and the rest of the coaching staff make sure the team's vision is right, make sure they're refocused and that they're ready to go again. Um, But that's all I'm going to say for that one. We've got a really great interview for you guys coming up a little later on, so um, that's going to be it for the Clemson game. Just a reminder: Clemson getting the W at home over Syracuse, twenty-seven to twenty-one. Moving into the next game, um, and one of the games I picked wrong: uh, UCLA losing on the road to Oregon, thirty to forty-five. The big storyline in this one is Bo Nix having a day. Uh, Bo Nix ended up going twenty-two for twenty-eight for three. 283 yards and five touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, you know, we, we talk about it on the show. You know, sometimes they're just individual performances on a football field that just almost guarantee a win. Um, and, and when you have a quarterback who, who goes for for 22 out of 28 and, and five touchdowns, you know, barring something crazy on the other side, you're not going to lose many games like that. Um, and, and, you know, Dorian Topham Robinson didn't have a bad game, so to speak. But when your counterpart on the other side is throwing for five touchdowns, it's just hard to really kind of live up to the hype of the other side. Um, So, you know, a big storyline in this game is that Oregon gets the W, UCLA falls. Um, It's something where now we can kind of look at that Oregon team and say, okay, you know, questions have been answered, right? We talked about it last week. We'll continue to talk about it for the rest of the season. Questions needed to be answered going into this game. We got a lot of answers to questions. Uh, Oregon looks a lot better than I personally thought, than a lot of people around the country thought, um, especially after that Georgia game week one. Um, sometimes, you know, week ones can be um, not not uh, deceptive, so to speak, but for lack of a better word, uh, deceptive in, in how a team really looks. Oregon's going to look to carry this momentum with them through the rest of the year. Uh, they've only got five games left. Uh, with two real tests coming against Utah and Oregon State later on in the year to close out the year. Actually, those are their last two games. So it's going to be very interesting to see you know, how these two teams uh, go from here. You know, UCLA is still sitting with one loss. They're still in a very, very good position to not only have a great year, uh, but potentially make that um, Pac-12 championship game, potentially make a New Year's Six Bowl game. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see kind of how these teams uh, go in different directions, how these teams respond to this game. And, you know, sometimes teams like Oregon can can kind of get caught up in the hype, get caught up in the moment, and then lose the next one. And all the hype and all the momentum is gone. Um, and the same can be said for UCLA. I mean, look at Kansas right now. When 5-0, and and all of a sudden they're sitting here at 5-3, and and everybody's saying, well, it's 2009 again. They're not even going to make a bowl game. So... It's important that Chip Kelly gets the boys rallied. Uh, helps them to understand that. Listen, there's a game st- still to play this week. There, there's still games this year. So it's important that they, they reset, they rego, they understand. Like it's one loss doesn't mean the season's over. We just got to keep going. We got to keep running. So, uh, just a reminder: Oregon gets the dub over UCLA, 45 to 30. Moving into my next game, uh, Texas losing on the road, 34 to 41. Um, and this was a game where, unlike in the Oregon game, the quarterback play from Texas really hurt them. Uh, yeah, Quinn Ewers going 19 for 49, the for 319 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. Um, and it's something where, in the second half, Texas just really struggled to not only move the ball, but to score points, scoring only three points in the entire second half. So, at halftime, um, I was pretty... I was preoccupied, kind of hanging out with some friends before the South Carolina game. Didn't have a chance to really watch much of this, but at halftime, I check the score. I feel good about my prediction. I'm sitting here saying, listen, Texas is going to take care of business. It's 31-24. to 24. I'm not worried about it. Check a little later on. The score comes up in williams Bryce, and, and sure enough, Oklahoma State's pulled it out. Get home, watch some of the highlights, kind of listen to some interviews, look at some of the stats. You know Quinn Ewer is kind of showing that 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 inexperience, so to speak, in a big game like this. You know, first time he's really had to go on the road in a huge environment like this in such a big game. Uh, it's the first time Texas has really been tested on the road this season. So you know, sometimes we forget as as fans, as analysts, as 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 people that you know these kids are kids, and this guy's what 18, 19 years old. He's he's still he's still learning. He's still growing. He's still maturing. So, you know, I think I've said it before, I think Ken Ewers is a great quarterback. I think he's gonna be one for the future to watch. Texas has got a real gem in him. Um, but he showed his youth here and that's gonna happen, especially uh, throughout the, the course of a season. So um like UCLA, it's gonna be very important that Texas kinda resets. They're sitting here at five and three, they've still got a chance to have a great year they have still got a chance to, to get to that eight nine win season mark. So, you know, they're they're gonna have to have to really kind of reset, you know, re-lock in and and go again. But kudos to to Oklahoma State for for understanding, listen, we've got to go get one, we've gotta go now. And and they did, they're having a big fourth quarter scoring two touchdowns, uh, to steal the game late, uh, with about three minutes left to go, I think. Um, but you know, uh Spencer Sanders and the boys really showed up and really played well in that second half and and ultimately, you know, that's when when games are are won and lost is in that second half and um sometimes teams can kind of dig up themselves a hole uh, in the first half, but Oklahoma State in this one was able to dig out of the hole um and continue on with the victory. So, in conclusion, Oklahoma State getting the victory over Texas 41 to 34. Moving into our next game, the Alabama Crimson Tide at home against Mississippi State winning by a final score of thirty to six um and you know i'm 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 very interested in this game, you know Alabama did not have the kind of game I expected them to have um yeah, you know, I went on record on the podcast and said that Alabama would blow them out, that this that and the other Mississippi State didn't stand a chance, and while still you know thirty to six is not a close game and Mississippi State's touchdown coming in the fourth quarter alone. Um, but, you know, just a disappointing um, scoreline if you're an Alabama fan. You know, Bryce Young going, tornoing for 35 for 249 yards and two touchdowns, continues to show he's an elite quarterback, continues to prove that he's going to be special at the next level. Um, you know, a lot of uh, NFL teams are, are who need a quarterback are sitting here watching uh these guys like Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, CJ Stroud um and, and salivating at the mouth um but you know Alabama not getting as many points as I expected them to um and i don't i didn't get a chance to watch this game obviously i was at at Williams Bryce at this point but so i don't know if that's a testament to Mississippi State's defense or if Alabama just struggled but um it'll be interesting to see you know Alabama doesn't get a break uh they've got to go again they've got a bye week coming up uh, before they have to go to LSU and then to Ole Miss before hosting Austin P and Auburn to end the year so it's going to be it's going to be important that the Crimson Tide get healthy that Nick Saban make sure that the boys are ready to rock and roll because they're sitting at six right now they're sitting outside um, they they cannot lose another game or they're going to be out of the playoffs um, and, and LSU kind of with a, a rebound win we'll talk about it a little later on but a rebound win over a what I thought was a good old Miss team um, is now going to make that game a little bit more challenging down in Baton Rouge. Um, obviously, that crowd, that environment, that stadium is one of the best in the country. But you know, when 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 there's something to play for, when there's something to win, um, they always tend to to take it up a notch. So it'll be very interesting to see um, if Alabama can continue to win games. Can they continue to show that hey, they are Alabama, that they are. That elite program that we know them to be, or is this the year that that they drop? Is this the year when, you know, finally somebody else comes in and says, "Hey, look, Alabama's good. Sure, whatever. We're now the best. We want to show that we're that team." You know, can that be? You know, Ole Miss getting the getting the win over Alabama to uh, set themselves up for for a challenge at an SEC title game? Is that going to be Georgia or Tennessee? potentially beating them in an SEC championship game and, and really putting Alabama back down to earth saying, listen, it's not your time, it's our time. Nick Saban, you said it was a rebuilding year last year. What is it this year? Okay, So it's going to be very interesting to see going forward how Alabama responds and ultimately how they finish out this rest of the season. Um, so in conclusion, Alabama uh, and in not a close game but not as big of a win as I thought it would be uh, winning 30-6 to over Mississippi State. Uh, moving into our final game of the weekend, um, and one that was a little lower scoring than I, I expected it to be, but about the outcome as I predicted it would be, uh, TCU winning 38-28 to over Kansas State. Uh, TCU staying undefeated, moves to 7-0, 4-0 in conference, and cements themselves as that top team in the Big 12. Um, and, you know, Texas... Christian is in that kind of same boat as as a lot of these teams up here at the top with, you know, if, if TCU can continue to win, if they can continue to take care of business, stay healthy, and stay undefeated, I think it's going to be impossible for the committee to sit here and say, listen, we know you're undefeated, we know you're a conference champion, but this team's better, so we're going to put them in. While that might be the case, while you might sit here and say, hey, we've got a one-loss Tennessee team, Who's only losses to Georgia or a one-loss Georgia team? Who's only losses to Tennessee? Who's probably better, but they're not a conference champion. They're not undefeated. Um, you know the, the committee is really squirming right now in their seats, kind of praying for something like this to happen. Uh, so, I think it would be horrible for college football to have three teams from one conference in, whether it's the SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, ACC. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I think it would, would really cause a lot of chaos as far as recruiting is concerned. It would cause a lot of chaos as far as TV deals and money is concerned. So, you know, if you're just kind of a regular fan of college athletics, kind of a fan of college football, uh, you need to really be rooting for teams like TCU. You need to really be rooting for teams like Clemson, either Michigan State or not Michigan State, but Michigan or Ohio State to continue to win, to continue to stay undefeated. Because if not, if if... You know, Georgia beats Tennessee, and then Georgia loses to Alabama in a conference championship game. They're all sitting at one loss. <laughs> You've got three of the best teams in the country. Maybe not the three best teams in the country, but three of the best teams in the country. Who else are you going to put in? If Ohio State and Michigan drop a game, and then one of them loses to each other, and then they lose in the Big 12, you can't put them in, right? Or or, or Clemson drops a game, or you know. You can't put them in if they don't win that ACC championship game. So, you know, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this season finishes, to see who stays undefeated, who doesn't, who's going to get that nod into the playoff over at Georgia, at Tennessee, or in Alabama. Because I don't think that all three are going to be in. I think Ohio State's going to stay undefeated. I think Michigan's going to be right there, ready to go if Ohio State slips up. Um, you know, I've, I'm going to be real honest. I don't think Clemson's going to lose a game. Um, I, I don't care if there's quarterback controversy or not. The rest of their season is not super, super challenging, with the exception to the South Carolina game, just because it's a rivalry, just because South Carolina looks really hot right now. Um, so, once again, if you're if you're just a neutral fan, you need to be hoping and praying because there there's always uh, always something that could ruin college football. There's always something that could really throw college athletics into a spiral. Having three teams from one conference in the college football playoff would throw this whole place into a spiral. It would send uh, absolute chaos throughout the country. So um, enough about that. Back onto the TCU game. Uh, The TCU passing attack continues to deliver. Uh, And in addition, this week, um, the TCU rushing really, really took a step up with Condre Miller going for 153 yards and two touchdowns. So, uh, you know, TCU just kind of, Proving to be a complete team still, uh, proving to be um, elite as far as that offense is concerned, and their defense is looking great as well. Um, TCU is one of those teams that's kind of a wild card right now as far as, you know, they look really, really good on offense, they look really, really good on defense. Can they, can it stay? Can they be consistent? Um, you know, Matt Duggan, or not Matt Duggan, what's his name? Max Duggan, excuse me, Max Duggan uh, went 17 for 26 for 280 yards and three touchdowns no interceptions. He's continuing to take care of the football. Uh, they're not turning the ball over very much. It's something where, you know, they're just, they're a well-coached team. Sonny Dykes has done really, really well uh, with TCU. He did it last year with SMU. He's continuing to prove that he's just a good football coach. So it's going to be fun to um, watch the rest of the year with TCU. It's going to be fun to watch the rest of the year with all these teams. Um, but I'm really hoping t c u can can continue to win i'm I'm hoping that 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 some of these other teams can continue to win, like i said I just don't think it's going to be very very good for college football. I don't think it's gonna be good for college athletics if it's something where we have three teams in the playoff at the same time uh from the same conference so um uh, just to recap t c u getting the w over kansas state thirty eight to twenty eight that's going to do it for our uh, kind of game recap part of the, of the podcast today. Um, we're going to move into uh, the top 25. Uh, it was dropped yesterday afternoon. Uh, not a huge shakeup as far as kind of the top is concerned. A couple people dropping, a couple people falling uh, outside of that top 10. A couple people moving into the top 10. Uh, so the top 25 goes as following: Number one remains Georgia. Number two remains Ohio State. Number 3, Tennessee. Number 4, Michigan. Number 5, Clemson. Number 6, Alabama. Number 7, TCU. Number 8, Oregon. Number 9, Oklahoma State. Number 10, USC. Tied for 10, Wake Forest. 12, UCLA. 13 is Penn State. 14 is Utah. 15 is Ole Miss. 16 is Syracuse. 17 is Illinois. 18 is LSU. 19 is Kentucky, 20 is Cincinnati, 21 is North Carolina, 22 is Kansas State, 23 is Tulane, 24 is North Carolina State, and 25 is South Carolina. Um, So like I said, not a lot of movement. Uh, TCU, Oregon, Oklahoma State, and USC all kind of moving up, so to speak. Uh, Well, not so to speak, literally moving up in the polls uh, thanks to UCLA, Ole Miss dropping a game. Uh, falling outside of that top ten, um, but from there on, that's you know, about what you expect. Uh, Penn State really responded well this week, uh, moved up a little bit. Syracuse in a close loss, uh, only dropped from 14 to 16. You know, anytime we'll talk about this later on, but anytime you go into Death Valley, you make it close, whether you blow a lead or not. You didn't get blown out. You didn't get killed by the Tigers. I'd say that's that's not literally a win, but a win in in a lot of people's books. Um so I think, you know, Syracuse is gonna kinda look at it and, and be disappointed in the in the fact that they blew the lead and be disappointed in the fact that they lost, but be proud of themselves and be happy that they didn't go in and get embarrassed, that they did come in and prove that they are a good football team. That you know, Garrett Schrader proved he is a good quarterback. Uh you know, he made a lot of good plays in that in that game. He made a lot of good throws. He did really well uh scrambling when he needed to scramble. So Syracuse only dropping a couple uh, the biggest dropper in, in the polls this week is Ole Miss um in an embarrassment to LSU. Um I do not believe they scored in the second half. Uh just kind of got blown out. Um, was up at halftime by three, seventeen to fourteen. Um and then it was just it was just manslaughter from then on. The Tigers really taking care of business in that one. Um and it shows. You know, they move moved up in the polls. So uh, you know, credit to the credit to LSU, credit to credit to uh you know that that environment those fans down there in Baton Rouge. Um but that's your top 25. Uh not a lot of shake up, but uh definitely some some movement from a couple different teams. Um but moving into the next and last segment today, guys, uh my winners and losers from the weekend. Um and I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. We're doing pretty good on time, but just kind of making sure we're we're having enough time for the whole interview. Um but my winners, I've got four winners, and then I've got an honorable mention, and then I've got four losers and an honorable mention. But my winners are this: LSU, South Carolina, Oregon, and Oklahoma State. LSU beat a what I like. I said what I thought was a very good Ole Miss team. They went in, uh, you know, a lot of people were kind of riding off the Tigers. They got embarrassed by Tennessee. It was something where a lot of people didn't really expect them to do much uh, after the fact. Um, you know, they responded with a good win over Florida at the Swamp last weekend, uh, and they responded with an even better win over a good Ole Miss team this weekend. So you're my winners of the weekend, uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks. And you know, this pick is going to sound a little biased. Um, but when you break it down, you really look at it. Uh, South Carolina was able to beat Texas A&M for the first time in school history. South Carolina has won four straight for the first time since 2013 and is ranked in the top 25 for the first time since 2018. If that doesn't get in everybody's winners of the weekend bracket, I don't know what does. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I go to South Carolina. I'm a Gamecock. I'm going to have a little bit of bias towards the Gamecocks. But like I just said, with those numbers, with those statistics, with that with that stat line, I don't know how you couldn't have them in. Uh, what what really was a dominating performance, taking the opening kickoff back, having 17 points of the board in the first five minutes, uh, Carolina's defense really shut down the Aggies all night long. Uh, the only time the Aggies were really able to kind of move the ball was when when South Carolina turned it over in their own own territory. So uh, Texas A and really struggled against that defense. South Carolina, even despite uh, a a poor offensive performance, um, again, a uh, really really kind of dominated this game. Whether whether the scoreline shows it or not, whether the stat line shows it or not, uh, South Carolina really really doing well to take care of business. They move up in the polls. They're five and two. Uh, Shane Beamer's got the boys playing really, really well. So they're also my winners of the weekend. Uh, Oregon. Heck yeah. I mean, what a performance from the Ducks this weekend. Um, Game day was there. The environment was unbelievable in Eugene. Those fans were rocking. It was a good time. It looked like a lot of fun. And they got they got business taken care of. They 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 established themselves as hey listen we are still the top of the Pac-12. We are still set to be really good for a really long time, and they showed it. Bo Nix proved a lot of people wrong. I wasn't high on Bo Nix like I said before. I just watched him too much struggle at Auburn. I wasn't high on him. Listen, hey, I'll eat my words. I'll I'll be honest. I'm gonna be the one that says hey look I got this wrong. I got it wrong. I didn't think Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks offense was that good. Clearly they are. So congrats. You are also part of my winners of the week. And then lastly, Oklahoma State. Way to respond to a loss. I I definitely thought the loss would would take a bigger toll. I thought Texas would do um, better than what they proved. But Oklahoma State, not only responding well to a loss, but responding to being down at halftime, not giving up, showing that fight, coming back and getting the W, Moving back up into the top 10, once again, like South Carolina, if that doesn't get in the winners of the week, I don't know what does. Um, And then lastly, my honorable mention, you were just on the outside, uh, but Penn State, that wideout was amazing. Um, They responded, got the win over Minnesota in dominating fashion. Once again, like I said, I didn't think it would be a blowout, but I definitely thought it would be in dominating fashion, like they got dominated by Michigan. So well done, Penn State. You're my honorable mention for winner of the week. Uh, But that's going to do it. Just to recap, LSU, South Carolina, Oregon, and Oklahoma State are my winners of the week. Lastly, guys, my losers of the week are as follows. Texas, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and UCLA. Texas, you know, I I talked about it. Sometimes when a young player, not just a quarterback, but a young player kind of has that momentum swing it's the highs and the lows. College football is crazy. It's a long season. you experienced that this week. You know, all long foreign fans. I know you guys are sitting here at five and three. It looks bad, it looks but it could be worse. Right? You've got a great quarterback. Right? A great, great quarterback who I think is going to be very, very good, especially as he matures, especially as he gets that experience. But you blew a lead. You were the favorite by a good bit. So unfortunately, you are my losers of the week. Texas A&M. I touched on it just a minute ago, and I said it on the podcast on Friday. I thought the winner of the South Carolina-Texas A&M game would have a great chance to be great for the rest of the year, have that, that chance to get to eight, nine wins potentially, and the loser was going to have a very, very tough rest of the year. So unfortunately, there's a winner and there's a loser to every game. Texas A&M lost this game. South Carolina won it. And like I said, you know Texas A&M just did not look like they could do anything Uh, Haynes King went out eventually with his foot injury. He just didn't look right the whole game. Um, That offense could hardly move the ball at all. Uh, Devon Chain just couldn't run. He couldn't get going. Uh, They were swamped by the South Carolina defense pretty much all night. Um, So, unfortunately, you are in my losers of the weekend. Ole Miss. We're going to take a second. We're going to talk about this one. Because out of all these teams, Ole Miss is the team that really stands out. I understand that LSU is good. I understand that Baton Rouge is a hard place to play. You are the number seven team in the country. Number seven, okay. Tennessee proved a couple of weeks ago that you can go into Baton Rouge. You can go into Death Valley and blow the Tigers out. They blew them out. LSU got embarrassed in their home field in front of their own fans and family and friends and peers and yeah. And then now, flip side here, you got embarrassed in Baton Rouge. <laughs> those same fans, family, students, peers, all of them were laughing at you on Saturday night because you 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 show up, you did well in the first half, and then you just must have thought you won the game at halftime. And unfortunately, there is a third and fourth quarter because there are four quarters. It's simple math. Um, but you got embarrassed. You lost in a game where you shouldn't have. Um, I didn't even think about picking this for, for not only game of the weekend but upset of the weekend. So... Definitely going to be in my loser's bracket when that happens. Um, And then finally, uh, UCLA. I I was hesitant to put you guys in here. Um, You know, Eugene is a tough place to play. Oregon is a good team. But the only reason you're in here is because you had an opportunity to establish yourselves as that Tier 2 team. Okay, I've said it before. I think Ohio State and Georgia are Tier 1, and everybody else is below. You had a chance to really be a tier two team. You had a chance to say, listen, we're gonna run the table, we're gonna go win the Pac twelve, we're gonna be yet another undefeated conference champion that now now the committee is just dying in their seats on on December fifth or whatever it is, trying to pick four top teams. We're we're gonna make this impossible and you blew it. I hate to say it, but you blew it. So definitely gonna be in my losers of the week. Um, and then my honorable mention for loser of the week, which I guess it's kind of dishonorable mention, but uh, Syracuse. And and you're not a loser of the week because, like I said, anytime you can go into Death Valley and keep a game close uh, and be leading at one point, you're not gonna be one of my losers of the week. It's not a bad loss of all games to lose. This is one to do it. So, uh, but you're you're my honorable mention because you were up, you blew the lead, you had a freshman come in and, and school you, so. Uh, you're going to be my honorable mention, or like I said, maybe dishonorable mention, I guess, since this is not a good thing. Uh, but just to recap, my losers of the week are Texas, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and UCLA. That's going to do it for the podcast today, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, make sure you subscribe, leave comments, leave a review wherever you are listening to the podcast. Uh, make sure you follow the socials on Twitter and on Instagram. The Twitter tag is... At next underscore gen underscore A-T-H. And on Instagram, it is next underscore gen underscore athletics. Have a great week, guys. And enjoy this interview with Thomas Woods with Clemson Sports News. Welcome back, guys. We are so excited to have an interview for today, Our very first one on the podcast, Mr. Thomas Woods. Ah, uh, Thomas. Introduce yourself. Kind of explain who you are. Uh, how we got to know each other.
1: Um. So yeah, I'm Thomas Woods. Um. Currently, I'm a sophomore at Clemson University. Um. Me and Trotter go way back. You know, we went to high school together, but we also went to middle school and elementary school. Um, played a lot of sports together. Just kind of grew up together. Honestly, been friends for a long time. Enjoyed a lot of different sporting moments together. State championship. I mean, oh, yeah, a lot, a lot of good times. We played what basketball, soccer. I mean. Recess football counts I guess. Recess football definitely counts. I'll count it so yeah I mean we've played a lot of sports together just been good friends for a long time.
0: Yeah Thomas is a a good buddy of mine. Uh, Thomas you've got this position now at Clemson where you you've got an ability to be on the field be it at the games kind of explain how you got involved in, in Clemson Sports Network and you know what what is your role as far as covering Clemson goes?
1: So um, originally, I mean, um, I had a friend of mine just send me a, a screenshot of uh, this, this company looking for an intern for just covering different sports at Clemson. And it was, they they just posted on Facebook that they were looking for student interns that could give up some of their time throughout the week to help them out a little bit. And um, I mean, I was interested, I've been a big sports guy for a long time. So I, I reached out to them. And um, after talking for a little while, we decided that it'd be a good idea for me to just to try it out, see if I liked it, and um, I've, I've loved it so far. So, like, the main thing I do is, uh, like, data collection for them, getting videos. I go to the, um, the interviews throughout the week. Um, occasionally I'll write an article, but so far, um, since it's mainly football season right now, I'll go to the, um, the football facility and, and, inter- and go to the interviews with the players and some of the, the coordinators, um, just hear from them uh, as they, like, prepare for each weekend. And then on game day, uh, it's varied so far. Um, I've had some some weekends where I, you know, I went to the Wake Forest game and I was up in the press box, um, just kind of covering the game, talking about what's going on, what I'm seeing from the press box, and like what my thoughts are throughout the game. And then um, yesterday with Syracuse, I um, I was on the field for the game, taking videos and pictures with my with my camera. And um, I mean, for the most part, they they just have me, you know, getting. Getting data for them so they can they can write the main articles. I'm not I'm not much of a writer myself, mm-hmm. um, but you know if I can help out in that area occasionally I do. But for the most part, I just get them information they can then turn into articles.
0: Yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, you touched base on this uh, just now, but you know obviously you said yesterday you were able to be on the field during the during the Q's game. What does a normal week look like for you covering Clemson?
1: So Sunday, Sunday nights usually they'll have a a short Dabo, um, Zoom conference where he'll talk about his thoughts from the game and then you know what his plan is for the upcoming week. Usually that doesn't last too long, um, just because you know he's a busy guy and stuff. A lot of his stuff doesn't last too long unless he like sets aside time for it. And Sunday night he kind of just goes briefly over what his thoughts were from the game and that kind of stuff. And usually I go to that and take notes and um, and then Mondays. they have coordinator interviews and player interviews, just depending on who had a good week and who's available on that Monday. A lot of times we hear from DJ. Um, we've heard from Cade and um, Tyler Davis. You know, just a lot of the you know main guys. And then the coordinators are almost every week. It's usually uh, defense coordinator West Goodwin and offensive coordinator Brandon Streeter. Um, and then Tuesdays is when Dabo has his media um, availability. And Tuesdays, unfortunately, my school schedule doesn't allow for it. I didn't know I was going to be doing this at the beginning of the semester, so I did not set up my schedule to work really well with it. Um, but Tuesday, Dabo talks to the to the media, and then, um, then he has some more players talk to the media. And usually I can't go to those. But then Wednesday afternoon, Dabo has another media um, availability on Zoom again. And I like to go to those and try to get notes taken again. Um, and then, like, Thursday, Friday, um, not much, kind of just, like, trying to keep people anticipated for the game. So um, I, we have this, this like forum called power um, draw Pro Board. And my boss likes for me to, you know, get on there and just like try to get the, the audience engaged for, for the upcoming week. So um, before Florida state, I did like a little article about like the, the rivalry and the history that that, that goes on there. Um, and then Saturday, um, this is actually my first time working during the game. So, I mean, like I said, I was on the field um, pregame taking taking pictures taking videos just uh trying to promote um not only my brand but also or not only like the Clemson sports news itself but also like my my personal brand Um, my boss really wants me to try to have my own following because that that helps out the company as well so um i tried to take some pictures and videos throughout the game too to post but there's there's no service if you've ever been to a college football game i mean you know there's no service from the stadium if it's nothing if it's a decently sized stadium there's no service so um I did my best to get videos and stuff, but it didn't really work out too well. Um, but then after the game, uh, this is, I think, my third or fourth time after the game working. Um, they basically just send out some of the players and coordinators to talk, talk about like their immediate thoughts after the game. Um, and mm-hmm. so I, I go to those and video, and, and I'm a part of the interviews. But, um, yeah, the the home weeks are uh, definitely better than the away weeks because the, 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 um, the Wake Forest game, we had to uh, – get up at the the crack of dawn to get to wake Forest from from Clemson so it's definitely nice to be at home for 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 my job yeah I can
0: imagine I can can definitely imagine um kind of diving into Clemson now you know last year Tigers looked a little rough on 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 the football field they've looked a lot better this year kind of from your eyes covering the team being there why do you think that is and what changed to kind of boost the Tigers into a playoff position? Let's call it what it is.
1: Um, I think the obvious answer is the the better quarterback performance. Um, DJ Uyangale is playing just so much better than he was last year. But I think that's kind of, you know, the, that bigger picture. I think when you really look at it, the, the play calling has been better. I think I think Brandon Streeter, new offensive coordinator, he's, he was a quarterback coach before, and he was a quarterback himself. I think he knows how to make the quarterback succeed. So I think he's I think he's calling plays that work to DJ's strength. And I don't think um, you know Tony Elliott, who's now at Virginia, uh, Virginia. I don't think he was doing that. I don't think I don't think Tony Elliott was making the right play calls. And then I think the other thing is um, that I've noticed is like that the whole team is so confident in DJ. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even even after yesterday, I know we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later. But even after yesterday, the guys are just still so confident in DJ being their guy. I think the the team environment is there. And I think, I mean, last year, another thing was we had a ton of injuries, man. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong for those first few weeks. And then, you know, once we started getting some guys back, we didn't, you know, we weren't blowing teams out by any means, but we were winning games. So I think um, for any team to succeed in college football, you have to stay healthy. I mean, we've seen it with, you know, Kentucky loses Will Levis for a week and they go down. And, um, I mean, with Bryce without Bryce Young, Alabama struggled too. So it's like, you know, you, you deal with injuries you're gonna struggle. So I think the biggest thing for Clemson has been staying healthy, and then obviously we've the offense has just looked so much better. Um, but yeah, I think that those are the main things for
0: me. I got you. I, d- I definitely agree. I think you know going into the year, a lot of questions were were being asked about about DJ and the offense. You know, you bring in two new coordinators on both the offensive side and the defensive side. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna kind of break this down. Yesterday was a rough day for Clemson uh DJ in particular had had a tough day turned the ball over three separate times uh Dabo benched him at one point the freshman comes in he looks good from your opinion you know you're you're there you're in the building you know what's going on did DJ lose his job or is this just something where Dabo wanted him to have a break let him catch his breath and, and then come back
1: you know even before I heard what Dabo so Dabo said after the game you know great players have bad games. It happens. And um, before I even heard Davos say that, you know, I was thinking, you know, DJ's played so well this year. Um, I mean, he's taken care of the ball. He's moved the offense down the field consistently. He's just been a really solid player throughout the year. And I, I don't think this one bad game takes away from that yet. Um, I think he's in a situation now where the lease is shorter. If he does this again, you has to start asking the question, you know, seriously, like, is Cade the better player? Is Cade de- deserving to start? But I think at the moment, DJ's done enough this year to prove that he's, uh, he's good enough to start. Had it been last year, I can't say the same. But this year, I mean, up until this week, I, I think DJ was just one of the most consistent quarterbacks. He was consistently just taking care of the ball, moved the offense down the field. And, I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. Um, you know, I think yesterday was uncharacteristic. And, I mean, I'd love to see him bounce back. I don't think, I don't think anybody in the, in the football team itself or the coaches have lost any confidence in him. I think it's just a minor, minor setback, and I really don't know what caused it either. Because he, he said he felt fine, like no injuries or anything like that. So I'm kind of curious to see if he bounces back. Because mm-hmm. you know, last year it seemed like if he had a game like this or even you know just a few quarters like this, it was only going to build on itself and get worse and snowball. And mm-hmm. This this year, whenever he's made mistakes, he's bounced back, and that wasn't the case yesterday. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, I think it's a good time for a for a bye week for us. I think it's going to be big, just for the guys to you know look into what we did wrong and why why it was such a struggle. But I think the main thing is uh, he's played so well so far this year that I don't think he's lost his job quite yet.
0: Yeah, I I mean I agree. Like 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 you guys said. I mean people have bad games. You know, even the best of the best. Tom Brady's had a bad game. You know, it, it happens. Um, you know, obviously you were at the game, so you couldn't hear. But on the broadcast, they had touched base about how DGA had gone and seen sports psychologists over the offseason kind of worked on his mental side, you know, because last year, like you said, a game like this happens, it affects him for the next three games. So, um, you know, personally, even though I'm a USC guy, I hope he bounces back. You know, you, you hate to see a guy lose his job, especially in the middle of the year. Um, you know, Clemson's kind of got their season in front of them still. You know, they've had a couple scares. Um, but like we, like I've said on the podcast, like people are saying, Clemson goes undefeated and wins a conference championship, they're not going to miss the playoffs. So, uh, with that being said, though, they do still have a, a lot of games left to play. Uh, obviously, they've got the bye week coming up. I think that's going to be big and kind of resetting uh, coming back. Um, but in your opinion, out of the last four or five games, what is the biggest kind of like, we can't overlook these people uh, game for you?
1: You know, that that's a tough question um, because the end of Clemson schedule is, is so, so, you know, based around them being at home, you know, we've got Louisville, Miami and South Carolina at home. And I mean, as everybody knows, the longest home win streak in the country right now is mm-hmm. is Clemson. So it's, it's hard to say that, you know, we lose a game at home. So I think, you know, going to South Bend, even though this year Notre Dame hasn't been that right. good, even at home, they've, they've had a struggle of a year, but it's never a good idea to, to write off Notre Dame. Um, I think that's what happened with UNC and BYU. I think the reason both those teams lost is because they kind of wrote off Notre Dame as this, oh, uh, they're not good under Freeman. But I think Notre Dame is still a solid team. And then, you know, as much as it pains me to say, if South Carolina keeps winning games like they are, I, I mean, you, you can't write off a rival anytime. Um, but especially a rival that's fired up, hasn't won in a long time and and you know would love nothing more than to spoil our season and spoil our win streak. I think that game is that game's probably more of a trap game, I would say than uh, Notre Dame. but yeah, that those two games are the ones i'm I'm more worried
0: about than anything else, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, we've seen it happen before, especially in the college football playoff era, uh, A rival comes in and and can spoil the party. So, um, You know, you you talked about it just now, and I do it every week. I honestly give my opinion on the Clemson Tigers, even though yesterday I was hoping they would lose, even if I picked them on the podcast. So with that being said, give us your honest opinion on the South Carolina Gamecocks. They're hot right now as a Clemson Tiger. Be honest. What do you think about the Gamecocks?
1: So I think for me to give my opinion on this year, I have to go back a few years, Um, I I feel like. Recently, they've, they've done a really good job at getting talent to the program and then doing nothing with it. I mean, so many, you know, five stars, four stars coming into South Carolina and then kind of just wasting away. And I think the main thing about Beamer is that he's bringing out the best in those players. I think Shane Beamer is honestly one of the best coaches in the SEC. I think what he's doing with the culture, I mean, man, it's, it's fun to watch him, watch him coach, the excitement that he brings. And then, like, I mean, the TikToks and stuff, as silly as they may be, it's fun. The players love it, and I think the players want to win for him. Um, they're they're winning games, and you know, I I don't like them. So at the beginning of the year, I'm saying, oh, they're gonna have a, another bad year. They're not gonna be a good team. And I mean, I think I had good reason to think that. And then even you know, even you know, two weeks ago, I'm saying, you know, this team's still not. They hadn't proven anything yet. You know, sure they're three and two. Um, yeah, right. Three, yeah, we're three and two. I'm three and sure. two. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm saying, you know, they're three and two, but who have they beaten yet? And it's like, they're, they're going to go into Kentucky, even without Will Levis. I'm confident that that Kentucky's good enough to beat them. And South Carolina just, I mean, I'll say it the way it was, it was domination. I mean, the score didn't quite show it, but like, it, it was domination. The score doesn't always represent how, how much of a blowout a game might be. So, you know, I think, I think South Carolina is a really good team. And I think, you know, they, they do have some tough games left with Tennessee and Georgia, but I mean, well, not, not Georgia, not Georgia, sorry, Tennessee in Florida are the two games that I'm thinking about, but, um, no, I, I think South Carolina is actually, you know, only come up and I, as much as I hate to say it, I, I think they deserve to be ranked. I'm glad that they're ranked. Um, and you know, I, I'd love nothing more for them to keep winning it makes the rivalry more fun. Um, I mean, I cheer, I cheer against them each week, but it's, it's always fun to have them win games and then the rivalry be a top 25 rivalry that actually matters. You know, the Palmetto bowl for years now hasn't been that big of a game and I think, I think this this year it is. And so it's good to see that. And uh, I think Beamer's got them going the right direction for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely agree with you on on the rivalry part. You know, a rivalry is supposed to be an even kind of hard-fought game. And, you know, recently across all of college football, I think we can all agree that sometimes those rivalries haven't really lived up to the hype. I mean, if you look at Georgia and Georgia Tech, Alabama and Auburn, Clemson and South Carolina, and and all over the country – you're you getting games where, like, South Carolina hasn't won in what, six, seven years? Yes, yeah, it's, it's been a while. So, you know, I think for the for the sake of the rivalry itself, it's good to kind of have that turnover. Um, obviously, as a Gamecock fan, I'm hoping we can go into the Death Valley and get the W. But I'm not so confident in saying that. I want to be, but we'll have to wait and see kind of how the rest of the season goes. Um, but outside of South Carolina, there's a lot of good teams out there this year. Um, let's say Clemson runs the table, makes the playoffs. Going into the playoffs, who is that big team that you're most concerned about the Tigers facing?
1: I don't think I can narrow it down to one. I think there's two. I think it's um I think it's Georgia and Ohio State. You know, even with Tennessee's big win, I don't think they're quite. I can't quite say that they're that team that I'm really worried about. Um, I mean Clemson's main struggle um, has seemed to be the the defensive backs in the passing game. Um, we're we're not good at stopping the pass. Um, and so I think Ohio State with that elite that elite passing offense, I think could really cause some problems. And you know, our offenses looked better. Um, but to to keep up with that in a, in a shootout game, which I think it would be, I don't think we can I don't think we can keep pace with them. And then Georgia's the same way, but opposite, you know their their defense is so elite. And you know while our defense is really good in itself, um, I don't know if in a defensive battle, We can stop them as much as they can stop us. Our offenses look good, but Georgia's got a scary team. Um, I kind of wrote them off going into this year saying, you know, they lost a lot of talent. Um, They're not going to be the same team. I'm not really that big a fan of Kirby Smart. So I thought they were kind of going to take a little – a year off maybe, but they've they've been really good. So I think those are the two main teams that I really would hope they play in the first round and we don't have to see them until the championship. That'd be ideal, but seems unlikely. But, yeah, those two teams are definitely the teams I'm most scared of in college football right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people kind of have Ohio State and Georgia as that tier one and then everybody else kind of below. You know, I agree with you. I I personally did not think Georgia was going to be very good. I actually picked South Carolina to beat Georgia here. I did, did too. And we got embarrassed. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think – Stetson Bennett is a little bit of a better quarterback than people like to give him credit for Yeah, uh, that, that defense just reloaded and looks just as good, if not better than last year. Um, it's going to be an exciting end of the year. Thomas, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Where can the people find you on social media? Uh, the main place you're going to find me is um, on Twitter. Um, let me pull up my,
1: my username real quick. I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, yeah. T underscore dub 617. On, on Twitter is where you'll find most of my stuff about about Clemson sports and just college football in general and then um I gotta shout out my company too Clemson sports news um you can find us on Facebook Twitter um those, those are the main places
0: you're gonna want to be able to find us Thomas it's been a pleasure I hope you enjoy the rest of the football season but not in November when the Cox come. hey hey.
1: <laughs> hey thank you for having me on man but uh Go, go Tigers, man. I can't, hey, I can't help it. go Tigers.
0: I'll see you later, brother. Have a good one.
1: You too.